Purple Misery, episode 10. your host of the Purple Misery Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Today is Thursday, September 26th, 2019. Today we're going to talk a little bit about the preview of the upcoming Vikings-Bears game. Uh, a couple news items to get to to start things off, and then we'll kind of do uh, a little bit of a deep dive on that game and what things are looking like and uh, some things to kind of keep an eye out for coming up on Sunday. Obviously, this is a, it's a very... In, in my opinion, a very important and significant game. Even though it's only the fourth game into the season, this is the second division game that the Vikings have played. And uh, with them being 0-1 in the division, obviously they lost to the Packers in Week 2. Uh, this is important that they get out there and win this game. Um, they can't go down 0-2 in the division, especially with the Packers playing as well as they are Um you know, winning the division is very, very important. So this is obviously, I, I don't want to say it's a must-win game, but if they really want to keep some good momentum going through the season here, or at least get some good momentum and keep the momentum that they've uh, kind of built from the Raiders' win uh, going into uh, the rest of the season, this is obviously a, a big, big, important game for them. So uh, starting off here, though, a few kind of... Um, couple of news items, things to kind of keep an eye out for. I'm looking at the Vikings injury report, and it's actually looking pretty good. Um, you know, a couple of the the real big kind of worrisome or kind of the ones that everyone was kind of worried about, Josh Klein, right guard Josh Klein went out in the Raiders game with a concussion. He's still in concussion protocol. He did not practice yesterday or today. It looks like he's not going to be ready to go for Sunday, so that will likely mean Dakota Dozier steps up uh, in his spot with Drew Samia probably backing him up. Not the not the biggest loss, I would say. Josh Klein has played very well at that spot. He is a significant part of the, the offensive line, but because of this scheme, I think they'll be okay. I'll get to that a little bit more in, in a second. The other big thing from the injury report is that Mackenzie Alexander is back to being a full participant in practices that is a very, very good sign for the Vikings. Um, if he plays this weekend, it will mean the Vikings are pretty much at full uh, full strength in terms of their uh, their secondary. The only missing piece is obviously Holden Hill, who they don't get back until week nine. So it's great to see him back. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they keep him on kind of a limited sort of pitch count or rep count on Sunday, and uh, uh, along with Mike Hughes, but, uh, you know, any any additional help that they can get there in the secondary will be important. Um, another little note in terms of the secondary with Marcus Sherrill's coming back. Yeah, don't be surprised if you see him kind of sprinkled in here and there as a cornerback. Obviously, he is kind of a plug and play guy. Uh, with him coming back, the Vikings are going to have someone who can who's familiar with Mike Zimmer's defense, who can step up in a pinch uh, if necessary and play in the secondary. And it's not like he's going against 
you know, the, the league's best receiver, he's the league's best quarterback, he can still step in in, in that secondary and be a contributor. So uh, good to see Mackenzie Alexander back. Um, Josh Klein, as I said, obviously it looks like he's going to be out. Uh, and some that does worry some people, and it is a loss. It is something to be concerned about. But you got to remember, the way this offensive scheme works with the uh, outside zone running, uh, it minimizes weaknesses and elevates strengths. So while it's, you know, it's a bummer that he's not there, it's not like it's the end of the world. It's not like Dakota Dozier, who uh, offensive line coach Rick Dennison uh, is very familiar with. He brought him over from the New York Jets. I think they see enough confidence in him being able to step up and at least kind of fill that spot for this week until Josh Klein is better. Uh, plus, it might be good to get Drew Samia in there, and it might be a little bit of a trial-by-fire thing playing against this uh, Chicago Bears uh, front seven, but um, you know, any any additional reps and, and practice that they can get him is a good thing. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see if the Vikings will be able, be able to really run the ball. I think they still will. It's going to be a grinder. It's not going to be quite like, you know, the, the Atlanta game or the, uh, the Raiders game, but I think they, I still think they're going to have some, uh, success, uh, running the game, uh, this weekend. So, you know, an important point to remember about running games, when you have a successful one, it travels well, run games travel. So even if it's in Chicago, even if it's at Soldier Field, I still think our running game is going to be pretty solid. Um, a lot of people are kind of worried after seeing the way the, the Bears defense played on Monday night against the Redskins, but remember, it was the Redskins, okay? Enough said. It's not like they were going to get up against, you know, the cream of the crop in the league. Case Keenum had a horrible game. I don't know how many times he turned that ball over. Unfortunately, he ended up costing me a win in my fantasy, uh, uh, fantasy league this weekend because the person I was playing had the Chicago defense and they scored like a bajillion points because they were able to turn the ball over on Case Keenum. It, it was miserable. Long story short, yeah, the Chicago Bears defense is good, but I don't think that we should look at what happened on Monday night as a true indicator as to, you know, how good they are. Um, they were playing a couple up against a, a Redskins unit that is banged up that, and quite frankly, isn't that talented to begin with. So, uh, Things are looking good there. Um, other thing I kind of wanted to point out here, there's a great article over at the Daily Norseman by a guy named Eric Thompson, um, and I will link to that on the show notes page here. A um, couple things that, that I kind of want to point out in this article. Uh, it's a It was a great preview that Eric, uh, Eric wrote up about the upcoming game this weekend. And in essence, what he does is he starts off with a, a kind of a lengthy start talking about his four-year-old daughter and how, um, you know, as great as she is, as much as he and his wife love her, she can be a bit of a nightmare. And there's this sort of managing the nightmare with her. Um, and what he does is he kind of likens that to both the Chicago Bears and the Minnesota Vikings in terms of they need kind of the least nightmarish episode from their quarterbacks, uh, that being Mitchell Trubisky and Kirk Cousins. So... Um, I thought it was a great article. Like I said, I'll post it on the uh, show, show notes page so you can check that out. Um, but an interesting, uh, a few quotes that I kind of want to read off from the article. Uh, the first one, after watching the Bears offense this season, I think the best way to attack them on defense is to make sure you aren't attacking too much. 
The Vikings have learned the hard way that biting on misdirection and letting Trubisky out of the pocket is a maddening way to give up yards and lose games. Zimmer is likely coaching up his charges to stay home and take away the quick reads. If Trubisky doesn't have a clear path to quickly throw or run after Nagy's built-in trickery, bad things tend to happen to him. Uh, Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin are among the lead, lead, excuse me, league leaders in total pressures, but containing uh, containing might be the more important task this week. Um, that's really important to note. I remember last year, uh, I think it was week 11 when the Vikings went to Chicago and played the Bears. Uh, Trubisky just, there were a number of plays where he was able to get out of the pocket and scramble and extend the play, get that first down, um, get additional yardage. It was really, really frustrating. So I think containing him is going to be, uh, I agree with Eric Thompson. I think that's a really key part of this is containing him and kind of forcing him to throw and in essence, forcing him to be a good quarterback, uh, which he's a good quarterback, but not for a number two draft pick. So uh, at the end of the day, I think that the Vikings do have an advantage due to the talent and coaching on this team. Uh, you know, you got to remember when you kind of like compare the two teams, you know, up and down the roster, uh, the Bears are talented. They they do have some playmakers there. But I think that our receiving core is better. I think our tight ends are better. And really, I think our coaching is better. As great as Matt Nagy is as a head coach and offensive mind, as great as Chuck Pagano is as a coach and a defensive coach, uh, or a defensive coordinator, I should say, I just think that between uh, Zimmer, Stefanski, Kubiak, Dennison, uh, uh, Andre Patterson, really up and down the Vikings coaching staff, I think is a more talented bunch. And I think that's going to give them an edge this weekend. Um, another quote from that article, this is probably over, excuse me, <laughs> I'll start over here. This is probably oversimplifying things a bit, but I think the winning team on Sunday night will be the team that forces the bad version of the opposing quarterback to show up more often. The difference between the performances of Trubisky and Cousins could very well decide the outcome because Chicago and Minnesota are evenly matched teams. I think that is probably, and I agree with him completely, I think that is probably the key thing is, uh, you know, whatever defense forces the other team or forces the bad version of their quarterback to show up. And I think the Vikings can do that. You know, a lot of people kind of look to uh, last season, especially the game uh, in Chicago at Soldier Field in week 11 when the Vikings really, really struggled. But quite frankly, so did Mitchell Trubisky. Um, he didn't look great that game. I know he threw two or three picks, if I remember correctly, turned the ball over. Uh, the Vikings were out of sorts. They didn't have the run game that they do now. Their offense didn't have the, the identity that it does now. And quite frankly, I think this defense is better than last year I think they just they're playing with a certain kind of moxie and uh, bravado and uh, uh, confidence that I think is gonna is gonna be really really tough for the the Bears to counteract so uh, final quote this from this article uh, the Vikings had have had the home team jump out to a 20-0 first half lead in all three games uh, all three of their games so far if either team gets a lead of 10 or more points at any point in this game, that might be enough to doom their opponent. Both teams are very well suited to play with the lead, and both quarterbacks seem to be ill-equipped to play from behind. When the underlying theme of the game appears to be the quarterback that sucks the least wins, fans of each team might actually feel more comfortable when their defenses are on the field. 
So, um, you know, with that said, this is going to be a bruiser of a game. Uh, if the Vikings can find a way to jump out to an early lead or at any point really establish that 10 to 14 point lead, I think that puts them in a very, very good position for the uh, the duration of the game. Uh, that will obviously be much more easier said than done. And it will be interesting to see kind of what the play calling is like the first couple drives for the Vikings. Uh, don't be surprised if the Vikings take a couple shots downfield to try and get some big plays, maybe get that that you know, score right off the bat um, and really put them up, you know, 7-0, maybe even 14-0. If they do that, that, I think that could be lights out for the Bears and we could look at just an absolute defensive, uh, you know, uh, battle between the two teams. So, you know, in the end, how do we project this game and what would the final score be? Too tough for me to call. Right now I'm thinking the Vikings are probably going to win by three or fewer points, maybe even by just one. Um, but I kind of I'll break it down this way. Let's let's go by you know each kind of segment of the team or each phase. Uh, starting first, the offense. I think the advantage is on the Vikings. I think that they have more playmakers. I think they have better wide receivers, probably better tight ends, especially after seeing the way Irv Smith uh, Jr. played last weekend. I think he could be a, a, a big threat this week. Um, I think they have the better run game than the than the Bears. And I think overall, they just have the better offensive identity. I think this offense knows what it wants to do. And with uh, people like Stefanski, Kubiak, Dennison, uh, so on and so forth, I think they will be, um, I think they have the advantage. So we kind of look at that and say that that's the, uh, that's kind of the, the L, I guess. I'm sorry, not the L. <laughs> that's the, that's the win. That's the W. So, uh, but defense. So right now I'm saying advantage Bears, but that's going to be a tough one to call because even though the Vikings appear to be almost completely healthy, there's maybe, uh, like I said, Mackenzie Alexander will probably have a limited number of reps that he has on Sunday. Um, I'm just kind of going with a gut call here. The defense, uh, the Bears defense playing at home at Soldier Field, uh, they're projecting it to maybe be a little... Uh, a little soggy that day because they're expecting rain in Chicago. I don't know. I just, something in my gut says that the Bears defense has the advantage. But, and this is kind of breaking news here as I'm recording this, I was checking out uh, Bears Twitter and they released their injury report. And it's not looking too good from a number of uh, players. Uh, on defense, Akeem Hicks, uh, he obviously went out with that knee injury in the Redskins game. He didn't. He has not practiced this week. And what they're saying is that he's going to be a uh, game-time decision. Um, a couple other people here on the defense. Uh, Eddie Jackson, a defensive back with them, has been limited in practice. He'll probably play. Uh, other than that, um, you know, not too many other worries on the defense. But again, Akeem Hicks, that's a, that could be a huge loss for them. And if he doesn't play, uh, the Vikings run game could really get going. And if that happens, then the Bears are in trouble. Um, looking at a couple other things here, uh, special teams. So I said offense, advantage Vikings, defense, advantage Bears, special teams, a bit of a draw right now. Um, obviously, I'm hoping that Marcus Sherrill, who's back with the team this week, uh, brings some life back to the punt return game. I'd like to see him take one to the house, and if he's able to do that, that is a huge, huge thing for this team, if he's able to uh, uh, take one of those punts back uh, for a touchdown. But 
you know, playing outdoors at Soldier Field uh, on a possibly wet, um, you know, obviously always windy day there in Chicago. I just see that kind of hurting the Vikings kickers. But again, kind of late breaking news here. The Viking or I'm sorry, the, the Chicago Bears kicker, Eddie Pinero, has not practiced this week. He has had apparently a pinched nerve in his right knee. It hampered him a bit in the Redskins game. I think he missed one of his kicks there. If he isn't ready to go or if he's not able to kick, that could make things very interesting for the Bears. Um, it means they may not be able to really uh, go for field goals and may have to go for it on fourth down, even if they're in uh, even if they're in Vikings territory and risk turning over the ball at like the 40-yard line or something like that. Uh, it could also mean if they score touchdowns that they have to go for two, and if the Vikings can can stop that, that really holds them to only six points per touchdown as opposed to the the regular seven. Again, that's kind of where I'm getting. That's why I'm thinking this game will be like a, a three-point game for the Vikings, maybe one point, somewhere in there. So uh, special teams, like I said, right now I'm calling it as a draw. Uh, coaching, advantage Vikings. Like I said before, I just think they have the better coaching staff. I think that they have the better game plan. I think um, this offense has the identity. They, they know what they are. They know what they want to do. Uh, same thing with the defense, the Bears offense. I just don't think it's I, I don't think it's really been established. They don't really know what they're about just yet. They haven't been able to get their run game really going. Uh, so um, I basically kind of see this playing out like the Packers game in week two. Only I don't see the Bears going up with 21 uh, unanswered points to start the game off. You know, you got to remember the thing about that Packers game was the Vikings had lost Mackenzie Alexander on a on an already depleted secondary. Mike Hughes wasn't back yet, and they kind of had to uh, improvise in that secondary. And I think that kind of gave the Packers they were able to kind of exploit that a bit and jump out to that twenty one uh, point lead. I don't see that happening. Uh, the Bears' offense isn't Aaron Rodgers. Um, Expect a grinder, much like quarters two through four of the Vikings-Packers game. That's why I'm saying it's going to be a bit like that. It's going to be, you know, you know, pretty much a, a scoreless couple quarters maybe, um, a lot of defense, not a lot of offense, and just a bruiser of a game. It'll be a lot of fun to watch. I know a lot of people are saying that this is kind of a, a marquee matchup for the week. I believe CBS is bringing out uh, Tony Romo and Jim Nance, who's kind of like their power uh, commentators, so... It'll be fun to see what happens there, but uh, tune in Sunday. Uh, 325 is the kickoff here in the Midwest. Um, I'm looking forward to it, and I know you are too. So that will wrap up the show today. Obviously, we'll be back on Monday with our review of the Vikings-Bears game. We're hoping, obviously, for a Vikings win. I believe they can do it. Until then, check out my website, purplemisery.com, or uh, follow me on Twitter at Purple Misery. That's all for today. Have a good weekend and Skull Vikings.